magical place we could go. So close your eyes and make a wish for the skies with the angriest, flappiest birds and the seas with ridiculous fish. The Dutch Arcade Show is here again. Hey guys, what is up? Welcome to the Touch Arcade Show, episode number 489. Eli, is that a new slinky? Did you get a new slinky? No, it's the same old slinky. The same? Is it always been black? Yeah. Jeez, I must not pay attention. I I feel like it was silver, and you're just lying to me. No, no, no. It's Uh, uh, powder-coated or something fancy. Powder-coated gunmetal? Yeah. (laughs) That is a fancy slinky. Wow. Um... So anyway, welcome to this week's episode of the Touch Arcade Show. Um, what's going on in the life of Eli? I think uh, you're getting a couch delivered today. That's couch exciting, delivered right? delivered today, yeah. Uh, I'm 100% immune from COVID-19 and all other diseases. All other diseases. I officially yeah. hit the two-week mark where, uh, oh. you know, it's... Uh, so have you, actually, by now, right? I like, guess I have. I didn't even realize that, but yeah, I have. So you are... Cool completely impervious to disease of all kinds now that you're yeah I, i'm immortal of. now yeah that's cool that's good to know yeah um yeah it didn't even occur to me that it had been two weeks since i got my last my last jab yeah but uh that's cool i'm gonna start uh coughing on people again. like i said last week or whenever we recorded last I'm back to normal smoking cigarettes off the sidewalk yeah yeah uh <laughs> finishing other people's drinks yeah, licking the public toilet seats. Yeah, uh, yeah all that good stuff. Um, yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, like uh, uh, I was thirsty yesterday and it rained, so I just took a cup and just filled off the, the runoff out of my pickup truck bed. That was good. Yeah, how'd that go? That's good. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. Um, so we uh, are recording sort of earlier, a couple hours earlier than normal. Uh, but it's nine thirty in the morning for me. Did and you know there's not... a there's a paint what? shortage? Oh, a paint shortage. Why? Uh, I guess um, the uh, so I'm a big believer in buying Sher- Sherwin Williams paint, or I guess like premium mm-hmm. paints, because you know you're doing the same amount of work, right? Like whether you, it, arguably sometimes less work for better paint. Like so, mm-hmm. you, if you're gonna do all the work, you might as well buy like the better paint because it's like. If you're gonna spend all day painting, it's like at that point the cost difference between like a thirty dollar gallon of paint at like Lowe's versus like a forty dollar gallon of paint at Sherwin Williams yeah. that just typically gets a better result is always wow. worth that money, you know. Sounds like big paint is in your pocket to be yeah. showing them this hard. But uh, I guess their main production plant is down in Texas, where um, mm. you know they had those really bad ice storms, uh, and oh. like. So there's been like all sorts of production interruptions and they're just like now like running out of like the backlog of paint that they had available to sell. Oh, weird. So I, I went there yesterday and I bought the last two gallons of paint they had in the store, Mm -hmm. which is like kind of unbelievable to think that like a paint (laughs) store can be out of paint. Right. Yeah. What do they do? (laughs) They close up shop. Do they get more paint? I don't know. They said they're like, Oh, we, we got a truck coming hopefully tomorrow but you know like uh, trucking's all messed up too so like we might not have paint tomorrow or we might get a shipment like we don't know like, wow 
That's so, yeah. uh, pretty odd and um, kind of sucks because, like, uh, if you're using, like, a specific color in painting and then came up short and needed more... I that think I think like the I think you'd be able to match the color, but like you mm-hmm. you wouldn't be able to match like the same finish, you know, because like mm-hmm. I think like a they're all they're all a little different. Like I think you've got like a Valspar mm-hmm. satin, it's going to look a little different yeah. than a Sherman Williams satin and weird all that stuff. So huh. I don't know. It's weird that I mean, like I man, there's know. there's like so many different like I, I don't know if it's I mean I guess it's COVID related, but I don't know like so many yeah. supply line issues that is just like. Yeah really bizarre like um my sister-in-law is trying to buy a rav4 and it's just like they just like don't exist really yeah there's no rav4s well so tomorrow we found one that's in kentucky so tomorrow we're taking a six-hour round-trip drive to go get this car it's like one of the only fucking rav4s we could find in the area that's so random um i remember when i bought my car we kind of like the two we decided between was the CRV or the RAV4 and we're kind of going back and forth and, um, the Honda guy, obviously trying to sell the Honda, but, um, he was talking about it and he's like, yeah, Toyota's he's like Honda's, they produce a lot less models, like a lot fewer quantity of the CRVs. And he's like the RAV4s, the RAV4s are used for like taxis in a lot of places and used for like various like commercial, vehicles and stuff like that in addition to being like one of the most popular just you know suvs out there or whatever and i don't know why that was for or against either way why he was trying to sell us is like i don't know hondas are more limited or something like that uh i think he might have been talking in terms of like resale value resale value which it is true like the crv does have a better resale yeah or hold its value both do i mean like god they're yeah they're they're both like really good cars you can lease a rav4 for less than 200 dollars a month which is like insane that you can i mean i'm not in leasing but like that seems weirdly cheap yeah no it is but Um, yeah i mean the situation across the board with all this stuff though is like um you know there's so many parts that go into these things that like you know the mm -hmm. gasket company that makes like the gasket that goes around the engine or whatever like yeah maybe they just had to shut down production for three weeks or whatever it's like well we can't make a car without a head gasket so yeah you know i don't know it's weird that's that's what's happening with like electronics and stuff with the semiconductor shortage you know like yeah it's fucking wild to me that you still can't just run into a walmart and buy the new xbox if you wanted one i know like if you wanted to buy the the new xbox or the playstation 5 today and you wanted to pay retail it's like all right well you can't yeah yeah you have to still play the like lucky draw of stock showing up somewhere and being you know a lucky person to get one or whatever and they think that's going to continue in the next year that's crazy to me and like they're like the game stops that i've like because i follow you know like wario 64 and stuff on twitter that you know do the like hey this is in stock here like most of the most of the consoles that you can actually buy are like all crazy bundles you know it's like the playstation Mm -hmm. 5 bundle that comes with like the extra controller and some yeah. crazy headphones and two games yeah. and like, you know, the hundred dollar accessory pack that you never yeah. would ever buy under any normal circumstance. It's got like the little like analog thumbstick covers and other <laughs> 200 different plastic widgets that are basically trash. Uh-huh. Yep. Been through that a million times. There should be like, there's price gouging laws when there's like disasters. Like I feel like that should apply <laughs> To something like this, where it's like, you know, GameStop isn't allowed to bundle 
all the crap with the very few consoles I mean, I that they're see, able to sell. I could see like, hey, we, we want to make more money on the sale, so we're going to include like a popular game and an extra controller, right? But that's like never the case with these. It's always like... No, it's always crap a, you don't need. A bunch of shit that you would never buy normally, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, I don't Pretty know. Pretty stupid. Yeah. Um, so, uh, sorry, my... <laughs> My brain is still, I, this isn't quite wake up time for me. I mean, I get up at like six, but my brain doesn't start working until like 10. And so we're, Got a, we're a few minutes left. away from my brain starting to work. Um, what else do you want to talk about? Should we talk about game stuff yet? Or do you have any other BS to go over? Um, I guess I could talk about my amazing experience with my internet this week. Oh, yeah. So What's it like living <laughs> in the 5G future? So it's man. So I've had 5G. I had to look it up. I actually I've had it for like a year and a half now or whatever, which is seems like longer than I had it for. But um, it's been great. I've been like no complaints, very few issues. And even when there has been issues, um, they've taken care of it really quickly. And um, my old router or I guess, you know, the 5G service in general is like when your 5G isn't around, you have a 4G cellular modem in your modem yeah. um, as backup. And the 4G is like surprisingly good. And I've been able to get by lots of times using that. And it's been OK. Um, and so last week. Yeah, last week they installed the new equipment. I think we talked about it on last week's show. <laughs> And um, they had to upgrade all the stuff. They upgraded, like, the base station outside on the light pole. And then they had to upgrade my equipment in my house to work with these new base stations or whatever. So they gave me a new router that's both an antenna and router in one. And it's funny because it's designed to be put on a window. Because the, oh, the way the 5G works is it needs to have, like, a really good line of sight yeah. with the base station or whatever. And um, so, like, all their brochures and stuff and online and stuff where they're showing, like, this new their new 5G router... Um, is it's on like a sticky thing and it get, goes on a stand and it's like in the middle of everyone's like window. And so they show like this super high end, like New York city apartment where you're like in a sky rise and you have this amazing view of New York city, but then smack down the middle is like your Verizon router. And I'm like, no, he's going to put that in the middle of their like picturesque giant window. Yeah. That's and so, crazy. but I guess like that's their way of saying like, Hey, you need to, you know, you need to have a really good like line of sight or whatever. And so the people that came to install it, um, actually put it like next on the wall next to my window in my front room. So it still had good line of sight and their equipment was telling them you have great signals right here. And I'm like, that's fine. And so they put it on the wall, not the actual window. And, um, and it was fine. The first couple days it was crazy getting like 800 meg download speeds, like 400 meg upload speeds, like just crazy speeds can't even use that much speed and um it was fine and then uh it started to like just tank and then occasionally like the modem would just like reset and the wi-fi would go out for a few minutes or whatever and then it would come back and it got to the point where certain parts of the day would be like oh i'm getting like sub one megabit oh weird speeds which is like not like a hundred megabits you know one megabit yeah yeah and so Sometimes it wouldn't even be able to register on speed test because it has to be over a megabit to get give you any sort of reading. And so, like, that's how slow things got. And it would be like I'd click on something and go get a drink. It was like 56K modem times uh, what waiting they do for it to load. <laughs> well, so it was annoying because it would, like, fluctuate. Like, it would be like that for a while, but then it would get good. 
And so I'd be like, oh, okay, it's back to normal and, and go about my day. Um, but then it just kept happening over the last week. Um, and yesterday was the point where it's been the worst it's been because at least before I'd be like, oh, it was a weird hitch, but then it, it was back to normal. And so I didn't really think about it anymore. But then yesterday was like everything tanked and it stayed that way, like almost the mm. whole day. And so, um, I started by bugging the Verizon support Twitter account, um, Actually, I the day before that, I was like, I want to, you know, look into this a little bit. And you tried to use their chat on their oh, website. Oh, it's terrible. It's oh, awful. No. I think it's a. I think Why? you're talking to a bot for like well, 95% you are at of first. it. Yeah. So Verizon's basically every company's like automated chat service sucks ass usually. Yeah. Unless you need something super basic, but like, so I tried the chat thing, and it's basically like say some phrases of blah, 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 what you want or whatever. And so I'm like, internet out, make better, like whatever. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> internet and so, out, make better. <laughs> internet bad. And I, I like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to go through the motions of it to give me the option to talking to someone. Cause I know it's going to get to that point. Right. right. Like I'm not going to be able to automate my way through this. And so, um, I usually I just finally say, do, speak to human chat with human. Chat with you. I, I actually didn't try that, but that might work. But um, And so I uh, do get to a point where I talk to a live person. And it's like, okay, we're connecting you, whatever. And it's like, oh, man. It's like the most, uh, the least helpful person I've ever dealt with in a customer service situation oh, yeah. in my life. Where I'm like, and I lay it all out. I'm like you when you deal with stuff like this, where I'm like, here's a giant paragraph of exactly what's happening, yeah. everything I've everything, tried, yeah. everything I know is going wrong, what I need from you. Like, I couldn't make it any easier on this guy. They're like, have you tried restarting your computer? <laughs> yeah. And it's, and it's basically like, the worst thing about this chat guy was like, I'm like, blah, 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 here's my problem. And he's like, okay, cool. Let me check on that for you. And I'm like, okay. And like five minutes goes by nothing. And I'm like, hey, are you there? And he's like, Hey, yeah, what's up, bro? And I'm like, are you are you helping me with anything? And he's like, sure. Well, have you, you exactly like have you tried resetting the modem? Have you tried doing this speed test? Like whatever, all these dumb basic things. But he kept being like, okay, let me go check on something for you, and then not coming back and not saying anything, or just not even saying I'm gonna go check on something for you, just silent, not responding to me. Yeah. And like minutes would go by and be like, hey, are you still there? Are you gonna help me? And he'd come back and be like, oh yeah, I. I didn't know you were wondering what's going on. You know what I mean? Like surprised I was, I was hitting him up about it. And so his final solution was basically like, Oh, here's the number for the Verizon Fios. They'll, they'll hook you up with good home internet service and all this stuff, like a super broken English. And I'm like, okay, but I don't have Verizon Fios. Yeah, you probably and can't get it either. Before. Like if you could get it, you ha- if you could get Fios, you'd have it, right? Like, well, I could get Fios, but this, the five G's, uh, better than the files but like huh. <clears throat> so but i've been down this road before work for for years now that's been verizon's home internet is their FiOS service or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. and the 5g home thing is a new thing and i'm sacramento was one of the test markets um when it first got installed or whatever i think it's a little more widely available but i think it's still like considered to be like a test market thing and um and so like Nobody, a lot of people even at Verizon aren't sure what I'm talking about when I'm oh, like, yeah, oh, I'm having yeah. a problem with my 5G internet. They're like, oh, the Fios team will help you, blah, blah, blah. And so I've been down that road before where the Fios team cannot help me. I, yeah. I know that for a fact. 
Yeah, I had a similar and thing so, with my like seven million years ago. I had Sprint's uh, fixed wireless stuff that was mm, like very. Mm-hmm. You know, we were at Chicago it was a test market. It was really cool to have it, but mm-hmm. it was like if you didn't talk to the one person that knew what that even was, it was like yeah. there's no point in talking to anyone there. Yeah, exactly. And they now at least have like a, a special department that's just five G home internet stuff. And um, so I ended up having, did have to call, actually call and talk to a human, which is what I was trying to avoid, but um, called them yesterday, spent like an hour doing a bunch of speed tests and stuff like that. And now it's at the point where he's like, he might be able to, he's got to wait to hear from their analytics team or diagnostic team or whatever, which might be today, but it might be Monday. And I'm like, that's super unhelpful. So um, eventually what I'm trying to get to the point of is like, send somebody out again. Yeah, so they can right. check all this stuff and get it. And if you need to put it right on the window, put it right on the damn window. I just don't care anymore. I just want this to work right. Um, That's interesting that you're yeah, having those problems. Of, uh, because, because like, so for Sprint, because we were a test market, like once I figured out that you don't want to call the main Sprint people yeah. and instead to like call the, like those people directly, like yeah. they, they treat it like, at least for me, it was like, oh, cool. If you're having a problem, like we want to come out and like figure out what the problem is. So yeah. like we know like looked for to look for X, Y, and Z in the future once this, you know, it rolls out to more people. Right. So you would think that yeah. like they would be like, oh, okay, so you've got the new modem and it's not working. Like, like let's yeah. bring someone out because like this is a problem yeah. other people are going to have that we should get ahead of. Yeah, I agree. And um, I feel like in certain cases previously, they've been very much like that. But like um, the other weird thing about this is that the people that install all this equipment aren't actual Verizon employees. It's a third party. Oh, interesting. And um, I think that makes things weirder, too, because it's not directly connected to, like, all Verizon's other systems or whatever. Mm. Um, they contract out to this third-party company that goes – they drive Verizon trucks and wear Verizon shirts and stuff like that, but they're not actual Verizon employees. And um, I feel like that might makes things a little funny, too, so I don't know. But – Whatever the case, so far, so good. The uh, internet is hanging in there for right now, and um, I'm sure I'll get it all sorted out eventually. Like, I had similar problems with the right after it was installed um, originally, and they tried to put an internal antenna inside, like, my windowsill or whatever. And um, it worked okay most of the times, but then it would it would not work good a lot of times. And eventually, a dude came out, and I was like, do you have an exterior antenna would that be better and so they installed like an exterior antenna on my house and ever since then rock solid never had a problem it was great mm-hmm. and so this time when they came to upgrade i was like yeah i have an exterior antenna I'm like do you use that can you install one of those or whatever with the new equipment and they're like we can and actually it's a pretty easy swap because you just like change the head of the antenna and so all the other installed stuff can like stay there and um but, you know, if you can use the internal one, it's it's preferable. And um, so I was like, well, as long as I get a good signal, I don't care. If you can use the internal one, that's fine. Yeah. And then they did it. They installed the internal one, was getting a great signal when they were here. And then um, so I asked them, like, can you pull all the old stuff down? Because it was like a huge antenna with a base. And um, they had to run wiring halfway around my house to get to to be able to ground it. Mm. And so it was a lot of ugly wiring that never really bothered me that much. But once it Your was house gone, looked like, like the, oh. like the back to the future DeLorean with all kinds of wires of, and yeah. bolts and shit on the outside. <laughs> it did kind of look like that. 
And uh, yeah, it never really bothered me until they actually took it down. And I was like, oh, that looks so much better. I didn't even realize how gross all those wires were and stuff. And so they completely pulled all that stuff down. So my nightmare is going to be that they come out and are like, oh, yeah, well, we need to do an external and we need to reinstall all this crap all over again. Um, hopefully that's not the case. But anyway. Yeah. Well, that's, so that's my Internet woes of the last week. I find it, so especially the I, last couple of days. I found that a lot of these uh, companies that drive what appear to be like the official trucks and stuff are just independent contractors that really don't yeah. care too much and don't have any power. Like I found out the yeah. FedEx guy that we have here, like that's just an independent contractor. Like he doesn't work for FedEx. Like he just like really? owns a truck that says FedEx on the side. And that's right. like his gig is he just gets a bunch of packages that gets thrown in the back and he drives these rural routes and, that's so strange. Yeah. Um, I guess that makes sense in your more rural areas, I guess, but um, that's still kind of weird to me. Yeah. I feel like in a lot of those instances, too, that's where things get handed off to the postal service because the postal service goes everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so well, it's like something right like Right now last, it does. Yeah, right now, for now. But, um, but yeah, that's kind of crazy to learn that. Um, and then the other, the other fun part of my saga was uh, – dealing trying to deal with them on twitter because i'll go through every route i can that's not having to talk to somebody or wait on hold and um so i'm like hitting up there's like 30 different verizon twitter accounts Hmm. for every different thing you can possibly think of and so i look up the accounts and one of them's just verizon support and i'm like okay and then there's another one that's called bzw support verizon wireless support and it's like hey if you have problems with your phones call us the regular Verizon support is like, hey, if you have home internet issues or anything else, call us or talk to us. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. So I go with the regular Verizon support people, hit them up. They're DMing. We're DMing back and forth. I accidentally DM them through the TouchRecade account. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, crap. But now I'm kind of stuck with that. And so, um, yeah, it's so annoying because we're DMing back and forth. They're replying to me. I'm responding back to them like whatever. And then, like, out of the blue, the the other Verizon support Twitter account, like, mentions me and is like, hey, you need to be following us so we can reply to you and all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm currently, like, in a DM conversation with your other support people. <laughs> so is it, I don't understand, like, why. And I'm like, but whatever, I'll follow both of you. Now we're all following each other. It's great. Let's continue this conversation. And then, like, the other support account takes over. And then, like, later, like, an hour or two later, after I'm already in the midst of these two conversations with these two Twitter accounts, like, the Verizon Fios Twitter account mentions me and is like, hey, bro, like, yo, we we want your home internet experience to be great. So just reach out and send us a DM and we'll get you sorted and all this stuff. And I'm like, do none of you talk to each other? No. And the one of the reps I was talking to is basically is is like, oh, we, we can see all these DMs. I, I know you're talking to all these different accounts and stuff. And I'm like, then why do you keep <laughs> like reaching out to me on these different accounts? Like, I feel like nobody's, you know, talking to each other or, or whatever. But anyway, that was an annoying experience too. Well, I hope your internet gets better soon because that's very <sighs> annoying to have internet. The only, the most annoying thing is intermittent internet connectivity when you need it to work. Yeah, it's better if it just is off. If it's just fucking yeah. down, is better. Yeah, we've talked about this before. It's it was it was like unusably slow, but not out completely. Whereas if it was out completely, I'd be like, 
well, that sucks. I'm going to go make lunch or I'm going to go do something or I'm going to go to the coffee shop or something to get going or whatever. But instead it was like, hey, I'm I'm barely working, so I'm not totally not working, but um, it just makes it more annoying. I'd rather just be totally broken or totally working great. Yeah, for sure. Nothing in between. So, anywho, uh, should we move on and talk about some mobile gaming stuff? Sure. Which uh, which side of this list did you want to start on? Let's start this here, Titan Quest story. So, uh, a few weeks back, month back, a couple months back, I don't remember exactly, they released the uh, Titan Quest Legendary Edition, um, which was like the... Uh, Basically, like the most up-to-date version of Titan Quest, including all the um, various like DLCs and expansions that they've released, both old and new. And um, they basically updated the existing Titan Quest to also include all those expansions, but as DLC. So one of them is kind of like the all-included package that you pay more for up front. The other one was the buy the base game and then buy the extras as you want or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so the... Uh, They've also been releasing updates that have like cool new features and stuff like that for both versions of the game. And uh, one of the big requests for literally years now for this game is to have controller support. Um, and so this week it finally came through. Um, it first came through for the Legendary Edition, but since this story's gone up, the the regular HD edition has also gotten the controller support update. I'm surprised um, it's taking this long. Like when I saw this come across Twitter, I was like, wait, it just got that now? You would think that it would have had controller support a long time ago, but whatever, better late than never. And uh, this is definitely a game that plays really well with a controller. I mean, it's kind of like was originally designed for PC, and so I think originally was designed for mouse and keyboard, but has been adapted for controller for a long time now because it's been ported. I think it had controller support always, but has also been ported to all the consoles and stuff like that yeah. too. Um, I was surprised so it, makes sense it would have controller support. Did you did you fiddle around with um, the uh, um, Diablo on the Switch at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I was kind of really surprised how much I liked, um, yeah, you know, playing with the controller because originally, like when they announced Diablo, you know, was coming to you know consoles and stuff, I was like, oh, that's weird. It's, it's very much like a mouse game. I don't know yeah. how it's going to be play even playable on a like I kind of. I just assumed that you would um, like move your mouse cursor around with the with the you know sticks or whatever, which seemed weird to me. Right, but yeah. but no, it just like plays like a like an action beat 'em up kind of game, which yeah. I almost like really prefer to all the clicking. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I I thought that would be a weird one too, but I love how that game feels with controller, especially when you get used to it. I feel like it'd be hard to go away from that. Um, but yeah, so Titan Quest, same kind of deal. Uh, works really well with controller, especially if you don't get all along with virtual button stuff, because this game has a lot of virtual buttons. Um, if that sort of thing isn't your isn't good for you, uh, controller support is the way to go with this kind of game. So, yeah, pretty cool that uh, it finally got that update. And sounds like Handy Games, which does the mobile ports, just keeps working on this thing and keeps adding new features and stuff like that. So. Uh, Either version that you buy, the all-in-one or the piecemeal, um, that's a really, really, really good game to have on your mobile device, I would say. Oh, yeah. And uh, related to controller support, um, iOS 14.5 finally launched this week, 
and include support for the newest PS5 controller and the Xbox Series X controllers. Um, which also, is kind of cool. All the new privacy stuff too, the uh, request to not track app tracking stuff. Yeah, I have not come across that yet, but I also haven't really installed any new apps or anything like that. I, don't, but. I was trying to figure out the behavior of of that because like very randomly using my phone, like with apps that yeah. I've had forever and use all the time, it will just yeah. ask me like, hey, do you want this app to track you? And really? I, can't, I can't figure out what triggers the behavior. Hmm. Um, hmm. But yeah. there's also a thing in the uh, system... Uh, preferences or whatever that um, you can just say you don't want anything to track you. I don't think you get the pop-up then. I think it just automatically declines everything. Really? That's interesting. Um, Is there anything you like want to track you because it makes your life better? I don't know. I mean, that's, it's, it's kind of an interesting thing because um, I think one story that was uh, wildly underreported this week was Apple coming out to say that like you cannot incentivize uh, tracking yeah. people at all, which yeah. like to me really reminded me of, um, so I was, I was talking to a few different friends of mine there in the, the kind of free to play game space about what they're going to mm-hmm. do with this, because it, it mm-hmm. potentially is going to be really disruptive with how effective you are both at advertising your own game to get new players to come in as well as, mm-hmm. um, you know, just showing relevant ads to people because so many games are ad based yeah. now. Right. Right. And, um, a couple couple developers were kind of like floating the idea of well maybe um you know so say you have a game that's got like incentivized ads where you like watch an ad to continue or you know any mechanic that's been become very normal you know so like maybe you can do like one continue then after the next one it's like hey you know you need to enable uh tracking so you can get more relevant ads to continue Mm -hmm. using this which i think is i don't know it's reasonable i guess like i think but but then Apple came out and said like you cannot you cannot incentivize turning on tracking yeah. in like any way at all and we'll take your shit off the App Store if you do and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. Which I don't that yeah. seems kind of crazy to me because like I I think that a big part of this is kind of like empowering users with deciding mm-hmm. what happens mm-hmm. with their data, right? Because like yeah. you know, that's that's like the whole thing with like the um, you know. Like, whatever they're calling like the app store nutrition labels for privacy stuff, yeah. right? Like that, mm-hmm. that is allowing you to make an informed decision of like, um, you know, say for instance, like using that, um, uh, what is it? The email client that Basecamp, uh, Hey, that email client, yeah. you know, right. where it's like, we don't track anything, uh, yeah. but it costs money, you know? Yeah. And then it's like, or you can get Gmail where it's like, we track fucking everything, but it's free. Yeah. Yeah. So you can kind of make an infor- informed decision as a consumer of, okay, well, you know, is, is my privacy worth the hundred dollars a month or whatever? Hey, email costs, mm-hmm. or do I not really care that Google, you know, is like tracking yeah. my location and everything else. Right. And, yeah. and similarly, like the, the thing with, um, you know, ad tracking and stuff in games, like, if I'm playing a free-to-play game that I enjoy that, you know, is from a developer that I, you know, like their stuff or whatever else, and, and they're telling mm-hmm. me, like, hey, you can keep playing this game for free and keep getting all the shit that you used to get by watching ads. You just need to enable tracking so we can serve you relevant ads. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that that should be my decision, whether or not mm-hmm. I'm going to do that, not Apple's decision on a platform level, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a weird... Yeah, I think... Um... For me, it would come down to like, 
it, how explicit is it telling telling you what they're going to be tracking? So if yeah. it was like, hey, enable tracking and get some free gems or something like that, um, I'd want it to be like, hey, we're going to just anonymously tr track your, you know, something, what if your ad views or, or something yeah. like that. You know what I mean? Instead of like, hey, we're going to know your location and your browser history and all this crazy stuff where I'd be like, I don't want you to have all that stuff. Yeah, but I don't know if it breaks it down like that or if it's even possible to do something like that. And I feel like as my initial reaction would just be like, no, I don't want any tracking at all. Like, fuck yeah, off. But, but I mean, but we've we've seen firsthand the kind of stuff that people are willing to do and put up with to get things. Oh, for yeah. Free, you know, like, sure. Like, God, when those um, uh, like the survey things were big, man, like people would spend yeah. hours. Go sign up surveys. for a credit card. To get <laughs> yeah. To get like a, equivalent, like a dollar's worth of something for free, you know, so yeah. like. So while we might be like, ah, I don't know, like, I don't just don't need that or I'll just pay a little bit of money to skip this or mm. whatever else. Like there's, I would say the vast majority of people would be like, oh yeah, I don't give a shit. Like I want, yeah. I want my free candy crush lives or whatever. Like, right. right. But I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting to see how this all sort of shakes out because, um, you know, there are sort of replacements in place that Apple has built for this tracking stuff that kind of provides sort of similar functionality, but just not as precise. Um, yeah. cause like, I think that people have gotten like kind of used to, um, ads being as targeted as they are. Right. I mean, like on mm. one hand it is kind of gross, I guess, but on the other, like, you know, remember what internet advertising was like before they got really hyper-focused with like advertising relevant things to you. It was like mm -hmm. just visual garbage, you know, and it just advertising well, like stuff that you have absolutely no interest in and literally only exists to like blink on a banner and a website. Right. I don't think I've ever been advertised something I actually wanted to buy. Oh, really? <laughs> it's only ever creepy things I've talked about in casual conversation that all of a sudden start showing up. See, as I don't ads. know. I guess I get most of my ads uh, that I probably view in, a, in an average day just by looking at Instagram or whatever. And I feel yeah. like I get like very relevant ads to me with stuff that I not only am interested buy all that in, junk but, off Instagram, but like a lot of it's cool though. I mean like my solo <laughs> stove is cool. Like I've gotten a few other things that I've been like, Oh cool. That's actually really neat. Like I, yeah, I'd like to know more about that kind of thing versus like, mm -hmm. you know, back, back in the day with it's like, you know, pharmaceutical ads and dick pills and yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. So See, dick, dick pills, I advertise that to me, give me something I need, <laughs> you know? I don't need a fire a fireplace. I need uh, blue chew. I need to be constantly <laughs> reminded that blue chew exists. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know. Kind of crazy. Um, I also feel like, man, in the long run, like ninety nine percent of the population that has an iPhone doesn't know or care about any of this crap. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like type people like us or the people that talk about this sort of thing. Yeah, right. Everyone else is like. If they get even any sort of pop-up, they're just, like, annoyed by it. And they're like, get out of here. I'm trying to do something. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, well, it, that, I mean, that's that's the case with, like, all this stuff, though. I mean, like, you know, yeah. just to kind of go back to the hey email stuff. Like, this week, and I barely looked into this, but there was some kind of kerfuffle with Basecamp, like, posting something kind of stupid on their company blog about how, like, politics mm. aren't allowed at their company. I don't, it was, but, you know, like, people were like, well, I guess that's it for Basecamp. When it's like, no, like. 99% of the people that use Basecamp like will never know about do that. Do not care. And do not yeah. care. Even if even if they did know about it, they'd be like, well, I don't know. I use this for my projects. So. Yeah, I'm not going to not use the thing I need. 
Um, if that was the case, no one would be using Zoom because that's like a garbage company. Yeah. But um, we're shopping most places because surprise, we're shopping most, most places. Most companies yeah. are run by shitheads. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Also very true. Um, but anyway, cool. They added this controller support for the new console controllers. Um, it's also pretty fancy. Apple's really going in hard with like their level of support for these things. So they don't just work as a generic controller like the the DualSense controller like works with like its little touchpad and stuff like oh, that. Cool. And there's actually um yeah, like the the screen capture buttons or the recording buttons or whatever, the social buttons, like all those sorts of things that are kind of specific to each controller um actually are supported in iOS through this too. And um there's a new a whole new thing in settings where you can actually customize all the buttons of the controller to your liking too and uh, remap them and stuff like that, which I think that's pretty, Doesn't pretty wild. crazy that this took like almost a decade for Apple to do this kind of stuff? It is, and it's like, I, at this point, uh, we're actually going to post a new controller guide. We put one out a couple years ago um, when like, you know, PS4 and Xbox One controllers yeah. were added or whatever. Um, but we're going to do an, an updated one with these new controllers or whatever. But so at this point, though, like, why would you go with any MFI controller over, even if you didn't already own, like, a PlayStation or Xbox controller, but you wanted a controller for your iOS device, why wouldn't you go out and buy an Xbox or PS4 controller to be that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's... it's or just go pick up one good. used from GameStop, you know? I mean, like, yeah. you could just get an Xbox I mean, 360 controller. You're getting... You know you're getting, like, first-party build quality... And you're getting all of this extra functionality and stuff. Like, I just can't imagine why anyone would go buy. And that's, you know, I love my Backbone controller. <laughs> I know I've talked about this before. Um, but that's more of a specific, like, I wanted, like, a something where your your device sits in the middle of it. Like a har- yeah. uh, harness or whatever you'd call it. But, um, and also it's a lot smaller than, like, a regular console controller. But, I mean, just, like... For somebody that wanted something to play on their iPad or wanted a clip-on thing or whatever, I can't see why you would buy anything besides one of these two controllers. Um, so it's kind of crazy to me that like the MFI market is kind of like Sherlocked yeah. by this in a way, which is pretty nuts. So yeah, but at the same time, it's it, it's um, kind of a necessity of of how just think how many people yeah. now can use a controller that. Would oh, never totally. have bought an MFI controller, but have an Xbox or whatever else that they can yeah. just easily pair it with, you know? Imagine a world where whatever, 2013 or whenever it was when they first came out with MFI controllers. Um, imagine a world where Apple didn't have two stupid standards that you had to use, the, like, stripped-down one and then the full controller yeah. one or whatever, which fractured and fragmented everything. <laughs> Um, imagine a world where they didn't demand that you use stupid things like their own components and like pressure sensitive buttons yeah. and all these dumb unnecessary things that drove up the price of MFI controllers to like a hundred dollars plus, not to mention the NFI certification process, which was expensive and kind of finicky to get approved and all that stupid stuff. Like imagine a world where MF, where their controller support rollout was basically just like, you can create MFI controllers. Here's the thing. It's, mm-hmm. you know, nothing too crazy to have to follow. But also, Xbox and PlayStation controllers will work, too, if they're Bluetooth. Heck, any old Bluetooth controller I mean, yeah, will work. Yeah, shit, you know, you could go back farther than that. And, like, when 
when they saw like the iCade stuff starting. The iCade, yeah. Apple, Apple's response been like, hey, this is really cool. Like, let's let's just make this like an official thing as part of iOS Dude. that you just connect a Bluetooth device and you can use for it. For real. I mean, and like, like the iCade for as like niche niche of a product as it was, it also was pretty popular. And there was a lot of people that were like all about the iCade. Mm-hmm. And um, I still have mine. I can't they're really a to throw cool it away. thing. Like, yeah, especially like nowadays when you think of like the arcade one up boom and then like there's a lot of tabletop or mini arcade cabinets that are like a really popular thing even the mini consoles and stuff like that um but like a decade ago you could slide an ipad into like a mini arcade cabinet and use it and that was awesome and certain games would even build in specific functionality to, to yeah. work with all that stuff which was amazing and um, yeah, if Apple had even just made the slightest effort to make all that be an official thing because the iCade worked it basically exploited being a Bluetooth keyboard. Yeah, right. And so, like, it it used all the keys of a keyboard to simulate the movements of, like, controller inputs or whatever. It was a super hacky, crazy thing that um, could have been easily implemented as an official supported thing, I think. And I think that might have, might have made it take off even more because it had a little bit of steam just from the novelty factor of, of what the iCade was and stuff. And then you had a few, con- the eye control pad and a couple other things that came out that used that same hacky keyboard, whatever. But I feel like the, that, that could have, you're right. That could have been the takeoff yeah, it point made a d- big difference. for controller stuff. Yeah. But whatever. Frustrating. I guess if I go back in time and run Apple, things would be different. Yeah. Things would be different. It would be better. Sorry, Tim cook. Um, Anyway, moving on from that, uh, this is a mega freebie alert. Rusty Lake Hotel is free for the first time ever. Um, not like it was too expensive before. It's always been 2 or $1, <laughs> which is pretty cheap. But um, this is the first time it's actually real deal free. They uh, Rusty Lake, the developer, is celebrating their sixth anniversary. Um, and so they've made their Rusty Lake Hotel, which is the first game in the Rusty Lake trilogy. They've made it free for the first time ever. Um, through May 1st or to May 1st. So that's tomorrow. Is that tomorrow? I think so. Holy crap. Tomorrow's May 1st. Um, so go check right now. If it's still free, just download it. Even if you're not sure if you'll like it or not, you can play it later. Just download it now, get it for free. Um, if you're listening to this afterwards, sorry, you missed the freebie, but, uh, it's still a pretty cheap game. And um, very worth checking out. All the Rusty Lake games are awesome. All the Cube Escape games, which they also make and are quasi sort of related to Rusty Lake, um, are all free anyway. Um, and this is just such a good series and such a good developer that uh, have to have to give you the five alarm freebie alert for this one. So go oh, yeah. grab Rusty Lake Hotel for free if you have not yet. Um, it's not just free on iOS. It's free on uh, Android and Steam and itch.io. So uh, grab it everywhere. Play it on PC, man. They also uh, released a new update that adds a bunch of cool stuff in it. One of the biggest ones is the ability to replay rooms because um, previously you'd like beat a certain room and move on in the story and couldn't really go back. Um, so now you can just replay rooms and enjoy them over and over again, which is pretty cool. But super good game, free right now. Go grab it. Also, um, the other two games in the Rusty Lake series are uh, on sale for just a dollar each. I think they're normally $3, so 
um, if you play Rusty Lake Hotel and we're like, damn, I know I'm going to like this and I'm going to like the other games, uh, you might as well go pick up. It's uh, Rusty Lake Roots and Rusty Lake Paradise. Those are each a dollar right now. And then you can have the whole trilogy for a grand total of $2, yeah, which is that's a good, such a deal. Good value. Yeah. Um, so anyway, be sure to check that out. Speaking of deals, um, Knights of the Old Republic 2 is on sale for the first time ever on both iOS and Android. Uh, normally, it's a $15 game. Uh, it's either, it's around $7, depending on which store, I guess, you're looking in and which region you're in. Um, but currently, in the U.S., on iOS, for me, right now, I'm looking at it, it's $6.99. So that's half price, a little over half need, price I off. I get this. I'm going to buy it right now. Did you not uh, have it before? Um, I had it, but I, I it was on the Central Arcade account. I, no, I never only, yeah. only ever played like the first little bit of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, also linked in this story is um, instructions on how to do the restored content mod, which works on the mobile version too, which I'm, I'm sure we talked about when it came out. But um, yeah, basically the original... Knights of the Old Republic 2 was kind of rushed to release and they had to cut a bunch of stuff. And then after the fact, um, the people that worked on the game kind of slowly released and talked about a lot of this cut content and released the assets and stuff like that. And basically the community came together to put together a big patch that restored a lot of the missing stuff and actually makes the overall game better, the story work better, the ending better, um, all sorts of stuff. So... I feel like that's the way you should play it. You sh- it's fine by itself, vanilla, but um, you should seek out this restored content mod and play it that way if you really want more of like the true vision of what they intended with this game had they not had to rush to get it out in time for Christmas when it released back in the day. Um, so it's pretty cool, but we have a kind of like a little guide that, that points you to all the right places you need to go to get the right um, content patch and how to put it in the game and all that good stuff. Nothing too overly difficult to do, but worth doing. Anyway, if you don't have Knights of the Old Republic 2 yet, seven bucks is quite a steal, so go grab it. And then uh, last thing I had to talk about this week Pretty interesting story, actually. Uh, the entire Tales of Monkey Island series is now back on the App Store. This was um, yeah, after a Telltale's joint... thing. Telltale's whole library just got scattered to the wind when they yeah blew up. Yeah, all sorts of weird stuff uh, happened to poor old Telltale when they uh, went belly up at the end of 2018, and various other parties have kind of picked up some different IPs. Um, some of their license deals kind of just reverted back to the original license owners um, and other weird stuff like that. But one of the, the, the main player in this whole saga is uh, a company that was formed called LCG Entertainment, um, basically comprised of a few just it sounds like rich enthusiasts <laughs> from what I understand that came together when they were auctioning off um, all the Telltale stuff and bought the bulk of their IPs. And um, games and stuff like that. And also got the Telltale Games name, which um, about a year after Telltale originally shut down, they announced they're resurrecting that name and going to continue publishing. Um, They're going to try and republish what they can through the Telltale name um, of existing stuff. But then they're also going to be working on new stuff. And then at the Game Awards in 2019, one of the big announcements was they announced The Wolf Among Us 2, which the original Wolf Among Us is super good, and people wanted a sequel for it for years and years and years. Um, and so they actually 
it's kind of funny, like some of the original developers of the first game from Telltale formed their own company. And so now this new company has hired that company to come in and work on the sequel. So it's like in this weird roundabout way, like some of the original people behind The Wolf Among Us are going to be the ones working on a sequel just as if, you know, Telltale had done it themselves, which is kind of a funny thing that I feel like that sort of stuff only happens in the game industry, which probably every industry has some weird stuff going on like that. Yeah. But uh, but so anyway, they're still working on that. But in the meantime, they have re-released a lot of the uh, back catalog of Telltale stuff. Most uh, significantly is the the two Batman um, series, the Telltale series, and then the Batman Enemy Within, which are both really good. Really good. Um, they've republished their one of the Puzzle Agent games, and they've republished um, something else. Oh, the original Wolf Among Us is now available again, too, through this account. But anyway, this week they re-released um, all the Tales of Monkey Island games, which... Um, was a joint development between Telltale and LucasArts way back in the day and was originally released as a PC and a WiiWare game, um, which I find pretty crazy. It was originally published in 2009, and uh, it's a five, an episodic five-episode uh, game. I only ever played the that, first uh, episode of this because remember they were like drizzling yeah. them out. Yeah, so looking back, I had forgot about this, but looking back, so released on PC and WiiWare in 2009, and then in December of 2010, they kind of, out of nowhere, released it on the iPad. And it was kind of like, oh, that's crazy. Like, they had kind of hinted that they wanted to bring some of their games to iPad and stuff. And so this sort of just came out out of nowhere, episode one. And it was really good. It was like, man, iPad is like the best place to play this. Um and then it was like nothing for like almost another year or like nine months or something like that. No future episodes, no nothing. And every time we or anyone else asked Telltale about it, they're like, yeah, we're still planning on it, but you know, nothing to announce in terms of dates and things like that. And it's like, what's well, a holdup? This is a game that's finished and you've already ported one episode to iPad. It doesn't seem like it should be that big a deal to just put the other episodes out. Yeah. But uh, for whatever reason, it took forever. Eventually, they all did get released. And then iPad only, this is still back in the days kind of when things were like separate iPad and iPhone versions. Um, and then after all the iPad versions were out, they started to release separate iPhone versions of all these games that you had to buy separately. And so, whew. Um, anyway, when Telltale went under, all their games disappeared, including all these. Um, so now the new, quote unquote, new Telltale has brought them back, republished them on the App Store, um, one of the quirks of this is that if you owned the very original releases that were iPad only, that's not these versions. Those versions are still gone. Oh, weird. these are the originally the iPhone only versions that were later made to be universal. Mm -hmm. Those are the versions that they brought back. So back in the day, if you owned the iPhone versions, you yeah, can now they were download like, them. This is this definitely came out during that like awkward time period where like they were yeah. people were doing like HD releases. Yes. Exactly. The the iPad only ones were called HD. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so if you if you own the iPhone versions back in the day, you can re-download them for free, these new republished versions. Uh, I haven't been able to download them myself, mostly because my damn internet problems have been preventing me. But um, they, I, I don't think there's anything new. I don't even think they still, they have full screen support or anything like that. But um, they're back and playable, which I think is a good thing. And, um, you know, I don't think it's not the kind of games that like you need full screen support for anyway. Yeah, yeah, they're like yeah. adventure games, but, um, 
I mean, so I anyway, think they're originally uh, made with like the aspect ratio of like a PC monitor yeah. anyway. So like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So it kind of doesn't, it doesn't really matter, but, um, but yeah, if you owned the iPad versions back in the day, um, you would have to rebuy these newly published versions, which is eh, whatever. I don't know. I feel like everyone's had a situation like that on the app store at some point in time where they've had to rebuy something for some weird reason or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, one cool thing that I don't know if this is new for these new these republished versions or if this was the case before, um, but you can buy all five in a bundle for a pretty big discount. Um, the bundle of all five episodes is fifteen bucks, but if you bought each one separately, they would be five each, so it would be twenty five bucks. Um, that's a pretty huge discount if you were like, I know I want them all and yeah. I don't own them yet. Buy the bundle for fifteen bucks. Like that's quite a steal. That's three bucks an episode, which is uh, pretty good. Um, so anyway, cool that these came back. Sounds like Telltale is still, you know, doing their thing, trying to re-release old games and then work on new stuff at the same time. Um, I don't know anymore. The whole Telltale thing is I don't even know. Yeah, but uh, I'm just cool glad that, that these came back. These yeah, were cool games. That someone's doing something with them instead of just being like, oh, remember, you know, yeah this thing yeah no exactly so uh unexpected but cool re-release of the tales of monkey island games this week and uh that's all i got to talk about what do you got Um, anything else going on not really nothing i can think i don't even know how long we're running because the 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 background your wall is too white and the text that tells me how long our call has been is also white looks like maybe an hour and a minute something like that something like that um did you order any air tags no no yeah i didn't either i don't know i i had hmm. i had a couple tiles that i got as a gift or i don't know i think i got them as swag or something like that um right i honestly never used them like i don't know i'm not i'm not i i I just don't really lose like the stuff that I lose. I would never put a tracker on, you know, like it's weird yeah. thinking that I put like a tie or a, an Apple, uh, air tag, like on my pocket knife or something like that, you know, or like on right. like, random tools I have and shit, you know? Yeah. yeah. Whereas like yeah, people like I, put them on their keys. I like, never lose my keys. Yeah. Well now you will yeah. you said that, but yeah, like I, I don't, I have a few tiles too. Cause, um, there was a deal on Woot one day that was like three tiles for 30 bucks or something like that. I'm like, damn, 10 bucks. Like I'll try out this whole tile thing. I've been curious about it for a while. And, um, I've only ever opened one and I put it in my backpack, which I haven't really been going anywhere. So it doesn't really matter. But that's like one of the only things I can think of is like, if somebody snatched your backpack or something like that, you'd want to be able to find it again. Or if you left it somewhere, you'd want to know that. And like the only other situation I can think of is like, can I put one in my laptop so I can track that, but then it has all the find my stuff. So it kind of well, doesn't matter. That's what's honestly so surprising to me about the AirTags thing is because like this has been brewing for like years now. I mean, like there was a story that came out today that like a lot of the packaging says is like copyright 2019, you know? So like these things have been oh, like right. ready to roll for quite some time. And it's just like, yeah, it, it's, I don't know. It just blows my mind that the announcement like this, this to me is just like, more indicative of the fact that like departments at Apple just like don't talk to each other, you know, because like, like I would think that the air tag announcement would have been really cool if it was like, Hey, guess what? You can buy these tags today, but you know, with with the launch of iOS 14.5, like anything that you've bought in the last two years from Apple also just works with this, right? with this thing. Like 
you know, we're yeah. turning on like the, the find my stuff in like Apple TV remotes and like yeah. all this other stuff, yeah. because, you know, we've been working on this technology for so long that it's just like, it's in a bunch of stuff, that just like was never activated. Now it is today. Right. Right. You know, as opposed to like, Hey, you can buy these expensive tracker things that probably are more useful than tile, but still of questionable use if you aren't losing shit all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's frustrating because now I still have two unopened tiles that I haven't found a use for yet. And the one that I am using, I've never had to use. Um, and the, I'd prefer to use the Apple version because it has um, ultra wideband stuff like the tracking through Find My. Uh, the way it points you to stuff mm. is really interesting and how accurate it is, I think is really interesting. Because the only thing that ever bothered me about Tile is like you need to rely on a lot of other people using Tile also right. that, to be able to like right. ping each other and, and find the location of things or whatever. Um, that's what I always kind of killed me with like the usefulness of tile because like, yeah. cause you know, like when you set up the tile app, it's like, Oh, do you want to be part of, you know, like the tile neighborhood or whatever the fuck they call it? And it's like, you know, help yeah. other people find stuff. And I was like, yeah, like, sure. Cool. Mm. Like, but at the same time, like, you know, if I lost, like if I left my, I don't even know, like my headphones at the gym or, or something that had a tile yeah. on it, you know, like, mm-hmm. would there even be another person that goes there that has the tile app running on their phone that day? Yeah. Like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Versus like, the AirTag thing, just like working with everyone's iPhones. Like it seems like yeah. your, your chances of actually finding things seems like exponentially higher. Yeah, I agree. So maybe I that's feel the cool, same way, but no. I don't know. It's, I don't know. I might, I'll probably buy one to put in my backpack when I start like traveling a little more or whatever. Yeah. Um, cause that's really, I keep everything in that and that's the thing I always have with me. And that's the thing I would hate like hell to lose. Yeah. Um, other than that, I can't think of really any uses for it, but Whatever. Um, but yeah, it is kind of interesting that these things were leaked so long ago and mm-hmm. you can tell they've been working on it for so long. And um, like everything about these was leaked. I don't think there was anything that was like yeah. a secret or whatever. And um, it's so strange it took them so long to come out. But then now it makes so much sense with all their like antitrust investigation what, and stuff. What bums where, me out about them is, is though that like they, like, you know, the tile is designed in a way that like actually has a hole that you can like put through things. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's so quintessential Apple to like yeah. design these things and then like have you need to like buy a fucking like $15 att- like, like accessory holder. to hold the <laughs> yeah. fucking thing yeah that's incredibly stupid and the tiles have only gotten better too since their original version there's like several kinds you can buy now there's like a Mm. super thin like wallet sized one and stuff and uh all these things that like make them what way more useful than like apple's like button or whatever yeah um but i think if i if i do end up buying one i'll buy the dumb keychain accessory i'll just buy the cheaper third-party ones that are inevitably coming but um and just you know Hang it on a, by a keychain. That's what I do with my tile right now. So yeah. Anyway, a weird thing. Um, all right, let's call it. Okay. Because my voice is hurting, and you got a couch on the on the way. Yeah. And who knows yeah. what would happen if it showed up early? It would throw everything yeah, off. So uh, me being able to sit on the couch <laughs> earlier in the day. Uh, so thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. And as always, touch arcade is primarily supported through our listeners and our readers and our viewers. So if you like what we do and want to see us continue doing it, please check out patreon.com forward slash touch arcade. Consider throwing a little support our way if you are not doing so already. And 
get the awesome exclusive access to the video version of this podcast, which is always exciting and always entertaining and always well worth the investment. Also, you can help us out by doing your Amazon shopping through toucharcade.com forward slash Amazon. And you can uh, help us out by trying out Game Club by doing a 30-day free trial, by hitting up the banner on our front page. And uh, really, you're doing yourself a favor by trying out the best gaming subscription service on mobile, period. Yes. So, with all that, thanks again for listening. And we will be back with another episode of the Touch Arcade Show next week. See ya.